kid. Tyler, are you ready? All ready, Sammy. Let's play ball. So, you went from college player to now being part of a pretty well-known brand in this space. Can you tell us a bit about your journey? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Obviously, growing up in a small town in Northern California, baseball's always been in my blood. My dad was a huge fan. He sort of passed that on to me. So, obviously, growing up, playing, competing all the way through high school, through junior college, and then all the way through Division Two, it's something that's been a huge passion point for me. It's fun. There's always so many things I, I talk about with friends, and baseball's pretty much at the forefront of it. That's really been my journey. And then, obviously, when I was graduating college, I came to the realization that my career in baseball was probably ending, unfortunately. You had to take it, and you have to think about what you're going to be doing in the future. I was looking around at different jobs. I had thought I had settled on something I wanted to do, which was filmmaking. The opportunity came as I had spoken with the Career Center people, and there was this little company nearby our campus called Pocket Radar. It was still in its infancy, but the more I got to study it, check out the website, kind of see what the guys were doing. I mean, it was tailored directly towards a lot of the stuff I'd been interested in growing up my entire life. I mean, sports always played a huge part growing up. The fact that the radar gun is so prevalent in baseball specifically, that definitely drew my attention to the company. I obviously went through the interview process. There's a lot of different challenges that were put forth by the founders of the company because at the time, Pocket Radar was still a very small company. It was still in the startup phase. The founders of the company actually bootstrapped it with their own money. So there was no outside funding or anything else like that. They were very picky and doing the right thing by waiting for the right opportunity to come in to add someone new to the team. And fortunately, I was able to go through a lot of the process that a lot of the other candidates weren't doing. It's all about the details. You want to make sure that you're as well presentable as you can be. While also putting in the work, like these different tests that they're putting forward to each candidate. And some of them sort of drop off over time. And so I kept grinding away. And, and sure enough, I was presented with the opportunity to work for the company. And I haven't looked back since. It's been eight years now. It's often been said that the pocket radar is the best kept secret in all the sports. Why have people called it that? I appreciate that. No, definitely. I, I wish it wasn't the best kept secret. I wish it was out there a little more, but that, that's a very good point about who we are as a company because a lot of people see us. We Our first product was released in 2010. And so what happened was, is we came out with this product and we thought, you know, okay, it's, it's brand new K-Band Doppler radar, something that has been around for a long time in, in a lot of the older, bigger uh, model guns that scouts and and law enforcement had been using for so long, but the inventors had been able to shrink it down into something the size of a cell phone. And so when we came out initially, we went to the winter meetings in 2010 and we introduced it. And, and it, surprisingly enough, all of the GMs from practically every team came down to see us, you know, see this great new technology we'd come out with. And so we thought, okay, this is great. We went to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. We had uh, TV appearances on the Today Show. We're like, all right, this stuff's going to sell like hotcakes. It's going to be going you know, left and right. And when we had a very good initial jump in sales, uh, the problem was is that the, the technology we had created, we wanted to do everything under the sun. So our first model, and it's still out there as a traffic model right now, but they accurately capture speeds that are constantly in motion, like a car speed or a runner speed. You hold down the button. And so that works really well to get the acceleration and deacceleration of speeds. The problem was, is we didn't realize our bigger market was going to be, for the time being, was going to be in ball sports. So that's something that's instantly in motion right out of the hand. 
And so to capture something instantly in motion with that product, we thought, okay, we'll just make it sort of like a trigger device. So you tap the button before the, the ball leaves the hand or out off the bat or anything else like that. And unfortunately, after talking with coaches and, and people all across the different sports, I mean, obviously baseball, softball, tennis, volleyball, we came to the realization that this wasn't the right product because it was too hard to use. People weren't getting the right speed every time because they were triggering it at the wrong time. It was just too difficult. And that was a great learning lesson for our company. And obviously it stayed that way for about four years, but it was a great learning lesson for our company to realize that we have to act quickly on our feet and we have to listen to our customers. That's the most important thing that, that you'll see. Uh, a lot of companies surprisingly just don't do that. So we work really hard to make sure that we listen to everything that our customers tell us. And sure enough, we come out with uh, products, technology features that sort of hit their needs. And so we really found out that first product wasn't going to be the right fit for sports. And then in 2014, we came out with our ball coach model. And so that radar, it really started to get us back in the good graces of the sports people, different sports levels and everything else like that. And so it took a few years. And once we built that up, then we came out with our, our latest model, our smart coach radar. And so that one has app features and everything else like that. So in regards to your question about the best kept secret, I think it's really because we've had to sort of stay on our feet quite a bit and shift our different messaging and, and everything else like that and, and continue to evolve to make sure that we're putting out the right product that, that people want to use. I think it's been a huge valuable source for us moving forward uh, to be able to get the, the brand reputation we have right now to build up. And then, you know, sure enough, as we continue to improve, I, I would hope that the, uh, the cat's out of the bag a little bit sooner uh, rather than later as, as we continue to evolve and create brand new features and continue to innovate. And so, yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I do see that as being an interesting thing about the best kept secret, because when they see our product, a lot of people think of baseball or anything else like that for scouts. Um, but they don't realize that our products used by national teams throughout the, the world, really the U S and then Olympic teams across the world for, for volleyball, tennis, bobsled, or anything else like that. And it's real neat to be able to work for a company that serves so many different markets and a technology that can help athletes of all different markets get better and prove and measure their progress and sort of understand where they stack up. And so that, that's why I think uh, as we continue to evolve and, and improve a lot of our messaging uh, that we put out there, I think more, more and more people will understand what type of company we are. When we met last year at ABCA, you were showing off your latest release, the Smart Coach. As an athlete, why should I want to use the Smart Coach today? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously our technology, as we continue to improve it, we listen to what parents, coaches, athletes really want to use to work, you know, want to use as a piece of technology to improve their performance. And that's really where we've evolved uh, over time. So our initial sports product, our ball coach model, we came out with in 2014, and that really sort of served as a, you know, standard radar gun, click and or point and shoot and basically capture the velocities and like the old fashioned ways, write it down on a clipboard or anything else like that. So more and more as, as technologies evolved, we, we started noticing a pattern that this technology, it, it's not only great for scouts or, or coaches to measure velocities at a game, but this is a great tool for measuring in the backyard, not only understanding where you stack up, but having being able to set a baseline where you currently are and then being able to measure your progress over time is, is probably one of the number one indicators of 
you know, motivation that, that athletes can, can have. I mean, you, you don't want to know where you stack up to be, to be honest. I, you know, growing up playing the game, baseball myself, I never had access to this type of technology and I can only imagine how much more uh, efficient with my training I would have been or how much more excited to see sort of a number put to my performance that I didn't have any access to back in the day because obviously you didn't know where you stacked up with a kid from California against a kid from New York um, or anything else like that. So it was having this new technology out there accessible to really everyone and then having new features, video with speed overlay, so you can kind of break down your video mechanics in slow motion or anything else like that and easily upload video clips to your social media channels to kind of uh, show your fellow athletes what you're doing. It's very exciting stuff. And I think really the number one takeaway for an athlete to use this technology really is to know where they are and to, and by knowing where you are, that's the only way you can really improve uh, upon where you are. Can you tell us some of the best practices for getting the best readings and videos? That's a good question because everything's different. I mean, you think of a sport like tennis or, or volleyball or, or baseball and softball. The, the good thing is that baseball and softball are very similar. And, and those are the two, two uh, sports that, you know, utilize our technology the most. And the key thing is to, to easily capture the velocity. Really, the best thing to do is you can either have uh, someone sitting on a bucket or you can set it up on a tripod hands free. And you could either be throwing towards it or hitting towards it. You want to make sure if you're hitting into a net off of a tee, you want to make sure you put the radar about 10 to 15 feet behind the net and the tee at least five to 10 feet or at least 10 feet in front of the net. Because the more, the, the further the radar is away from the point of release, the wider the beam width is. That's the one thing we've had to sacrifice with the technology by shrinking down the technology and not making it the big bulky size that it's always been, uh, the beam width's gotten a little bit more narrow. But the great part about that is the further away you are, the more wider the beam continues to grow. So we like to recommend that at least if you're hitting into a net, have it about you know, 10 to 15 feet behind the net and then about 10 feet in front of the net for the best accurate velocities. And then obviously you want the radar to be set up at height of release as well, either for pitching or hitting, anything else like that. And then with the smart coach radar, the great part about that is you can set that up and not even have to worry about it because your phone or tablet is going to work as the remote control for the radar. So you can be, you can, your parent or your sibling could be off to the side and all they have to do is press that start button and then it'll automatically capture the speeds for you. Or else you also have the option to use auto edit mode, which is what the radar actually, the app also comes set to. So you can do it by yourself. You can set the T up. You can set the radar up, or excuse me, your phone or tablet off to the side, press the start button, and you can take 20 hacks. And the great part about the app technology is that it's auto-editing the clips for you down to eight-second video clips. So you'll have those already auto-edited in your film roll or anything else like that, just ready to share and upload. And that, that's really one of the key things we wanted to make it easy is we always used to see people and using our, our radar gun you know, with a camera, sometimes it got a little difficult to use at the same time, and you can only really do it from either in front or behind. But now with the app, you can also have athlete put the footage off to the side. And the auto-edit Eclipse is a great feature, I think, to really save a ton of time on editing video. What kind of an impact have you seen from the teams when their coaches are using the pocket radar regularly? Yeah, it's definitely been growing over time. We like to work with coaches of all ages and, and levels, all the way from youth baseball, all the way up to Major League Baseball. 
And one of the key things we like to see is obviously measuring performance is, is a huge, uh, huge piece, but it's something interesting we've been able to pick up lately is sort of this health feature of it. So a lot of rehab coordinators at, at the highest levels of the game, they'll use the, the radar itself as a monitoring tool to make sure that pitchers coming back from injury or pitchers that are you know, rehabbing or anything else like that, they're not going to be overthrowing or anything else. So they're going to you know, set the radar up. They're going to say that day, I want you throwing at 70%, you know, whether it's playing catch or a light flat ground or anything else like that. And I want you throwing max speed at 75%. And so the coaches know their max speed already. So if they see them start to creep over it, they'll be able to tell them right there with direct feedback, slow down a little bit. I just want you working on obviously just building your arm strength back up. And so that's kind of been a real neat thing to see in the space all the way up at the big league level. Hopefully it trickles down into the lower level soon as more education gets out there about the value it can have for that purpose, for health reasons. And, and really just exit velocity has always been a huge indicator, a huge perform KPI that we've always talked about in the past, but it's really been since 2015 when StatCast first came out, that number was really started to become widely recognized and, and obviously trained much more so now than it has been in the past. So just a couple examples, our technology in the space, obviously there's ways you can use it for, for measuring the change in speeds for pitching. Obviously you want to have a eight to 10 mile an hour difference on your fastball to your off-speed pitch, anything else like that. So having that radar there right there to give you that direct feedback instantly and accurately is a really powerful tool. My dad from an original ball coach years ago, we used it all the time in practice. Dr. Rose from TPI says there's a training window to develop speed for boys from 7 to 9 years old and then again from 13 to 16. For girls, it happens a bit earlier. Can you explain the advantages of using the radar during these ages? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So for, for those ages, and that's a good example you had with Dr. Rose and, and who, your, who your father spoke with. I mean, obviously doing some great things in the sport, measuring all sorts of, of different metrics and providing education down to the, obviously he works with all the MLB levels all the way down into the youth ranges. But just going back of, to what we talked about earlier, not just benefits, but health purposes and everything else like that. We actually had a story of a, of a father who, who reached out to us. He had been working with his son and he'd been using our, our radar gun. I think he was down in the youth levels, early high school. And he was using our, our radar actually at a game, clocking his son. And his son ha hadn't really known if, if he was having any issues. He didn't really feel like he was in a lot of pain, but he noticed he was down considerably about four to five miles an hour from his normal speed. And so he, his father was able to pick that up using the radar gun during the game. And he was able to ask him about it. And his son said, yeah, maybe I was feeling a little sore. So they actually went to the doctor and they had noticed that he had a pretty substantial tear in his, in his uh, I can't remember if it was his shoulder or his elbow. And without that technology, it would have, uh, without having that direct feedback that his father was able to provide him with that number, I think it would have probably led to a much more serious injury and it would have led to surgery. But, but by finding that out, and um, seeing that before anything got serious, he was able to avoid uh, surgery. He was able to rehab it without going through that. So that was just a very neat testimony we had heard from a father. Uh, and then another one we heard from, you know, different coaches or anything else like that at the youth levels, sort of the benefit of knowing that number. Not only is it great as you're working to improve, but it's also great for motivation. We had a gentleman who coached a team. I think they were down 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds, I might even younger, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 
But there was this kid who was thrown in the league, basically blowing it by everybody. And really, everyone's like, man, how are you guys going to hit this guy? He's striking out everybody. He's you know, giving up zero hits, zero runs all the time. And sure enough, he took the, the ball coach radar out there out at the game, uh, set it up behind the backstop. It was for this kid pitching, and he clocked him. He's like, okay, it's 48, 49, 50. I mean, that, that's pretty darn fast at those age levels uh, down at the 10, 10U. And so he was able to take them to the local batting cages and dial up the pitching machine to that speed. And bring all every one of the kids through there to kind of see what that velocity looks like. And sure enough, next week at the game where they were facing that pitcher, he gets up uh, about five runs in the first inning with, without getting a single out. And so just that confidence that the kids were able to build by, by seeing that number, knowing that this is obviously at the lower levels, they're not mixing and throwing curveballs and sliders or anything else like that. But at the youth levels, by seeing that number, practicing to that number, uh, they were able to build their confidence and sure enough, it led to success out on the field. So on this podcast, I like to end with more of a broader question. So what is the best ballpark you have ever been and why was it your favorite? That's a good one. I mean, I haven't been to too many growing up. I I always wanted to go to Fenway Park, uh, being, being somewhat of a Red Sox fan growing up. Uh, Haven't made it out there yet. Uh, Just driven by it. Obviously, Growing up in, in Northern California, being around, obviously the Oakland A's have been in the call season seen for quite some time. Not the, not the nicest ballpark. San Francisco Giants being pretty, being lucky enough to uh, grow up in about a couple hours away, going down to the initially when they used to play in Candlestick Park, back when it used to get freezing cold and windy in, in the evenings. I mean, that was fun. But when they built the new ballpark, Pac-Bell Park is what it used to be. Now I think it's SBC, uh, they, they've changed the names quite a bit, but the San Francisco Giants, their, their ballpark is uh, 100% the favorite one I've visited. And fun fact, uh, I, I actually went to the initial first exhibition game they had at the stadium to the fact it was not the, the season opener, but it was an exhibition game. They were playing against the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, it was so cool because I was 12 years old at the time. And the stadium, it was so new that we were peeling off the plastic off of the, the cup holders at the time, which, which was awesome. And it's a memory that I'll cherish forever. And, and they have this little baseball field out. So it's, it's kind of a little wiffle ball field out in left field behind the Coke bottle, everything else like that, kind of near that area. And they really didn't understand at the time the kids that would be on there. So now I think they pretty much limit it to five and under because it's a very small field in wiffle ball. But when I was there, the first time at, at 12 years old, we were out there and we were just hitting home runs out of there. And the cool part about it was, I think this was about 2000, somewhere around there, before the, the terrorist attacks of 2001. So we were able to, you know, hit the ball out of the, the wiffle ball park, actually leave the park. So we were able to run down the stairs, leave the stadium, come back, uh, get the ball, run back up the stairs in the stadium, and then bring it back and then continue having some fun on the, the little wiffle ball field. So I would say the San Francisco Giants, Pac Bell, SBC, AT and T Park, uh, which, whatever name it has now, is my favorite ballpark I've been to. Haven't been there. Driven by it. Haven't been there yet. It is beautiful. Yeah, no, you get the you sit right back up. Not only do you have the view of the bay, but you have a little bit of view of the bridge in the background. It's pretty gorgeous. It was part of that crop of new stadiums that came up in the early two thousands. You remember, you know, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. 
which is a huge favorite of a lot of uh, people as well. You know, they did a, they just did a fantastic job with the uh, designs of those parks. Where can people find out more about you and Pocket Radar? They can definitely find out more about the company just by visiting pocketradar.com. Or uh, obviously, you can check out our social media channels, just the handle at Pocket Radar. Myself, I, you can probably just find me. I, I usually handle most of the social media right now. For myself, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's my personal last name. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much the best ways you can find us. Thank you so much for playing ball. Sammy, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I had a great time chatting. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show, the algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they will show the podcast with. And don't forget to play ball, kid.